testing. My check test. Where the hell do we even start? Slavery? I mean, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I feel like that's that's kind of our starting point for that's how we got here. The start of <laughs> right uh, now. The current story. Yes. <sighs> because it's not new. This isn't new. It's it's cornflakes. Say more. So in marketing, when you think about cornflakes and how the packaging has changed in the last decade, the cereal has never changed. Cornflakes are always consistent. They're always the same. But every now and then, they change up the packaging. And then you have this perception that maybe things are different. But when it comes down to it, it's cornflakes. That's an excellent analogy. It's the same stuff over and over. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Permanent Plus One podcast. I go by the name of Alan Woods. My name is Kyla Woods. And uh, this is the podcast where marriages go to live. A podcast where we talk about life through a marriage lens. Um, So every episode is not about marriage. But we use the insights from our family dynamic to talk about the things that we see, um, the things that we do. And uh, hopefully we're able to offer some type of insight or guidance or perspective um, to this life that we're living um, as a young black married couple in America. We want everybody to live. (laughs) When you said this is the place where marriages go to live, be clear, we want everybody to live. And really, isn't that the core... um, message behind black lives matter it's just that we want everyone to live black lives included can i live can i live prominent words jay-z still live today Mm. can i live is that so much to ask that i get to exist Um, is it okay for me to have an interaction with the police and actually make it to court to stand before a judge or peers or in the form of a jury or whatever, you know, have an attorney or a public defender or, you know, represent myself, take that chance. Is that so much to ask? You know, do I do we have to figure it all out on the sidewalk? I just don't get it. You, and you and you you never will but but I will say I do feel hopeful in this moment I do feel hopeful that real change will happen I feel like people are listening that were not listening before I feel like people are participating that were not participating before so it gives me hope I mean like the protests and the demonstrations and the energy is global Like, I had tears in my eyes yesterday seeing these images and videos out of China, Japan, Australia, you know, 
UK of these protesters. Yeah. Um, so I think that it is it is a significant moment. I truly, truly believe we're living through a very historic moment. And I hope that you are right. I don't I don't know. Man. All we have is hope. All we have is hope because we don't know. We don't know. I don't know, man. So I'm going to hold on to the hope. I want you to hold on to the hope. Thank you. For the both of us. Okay. I will I will do that. I will do that. I and and I will give fuller context in saying that I did it, I didn't have the same sense of hope during the other protests because we went through a period of protest after Trayvon Martin. We went through a period of protest after Michael Brown and Ferguson. There have been other pop protests, yes, but none have had the um, the the depth and the collaboration and the attendance and the energy like what we're seeing right now. That's I can, true. I can understand how you would not be hopeful. So I want to. I, mean, I want to. I want to. I won't say that I'm not hopeful. I will say that I. I don't think this is a different moment than how I live the rest of my life. I hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And I mean, like ultimately, white supremacy is a thing that exists. Um, the disqualification of um melanated bodies is the thing that exists and so it's it, it's something it's a system that has you know ties to colonialism and this is centuries old this is not new this is this is uh quote unquote science where people used to go through and say that based on your complexion you know it, it it you have limited intelligence the darker your complexion was and you know that we were less evolved and that we were three-fifths of you know we weren't even full people we were three-fifths of people you know what i mean like this this is the same rhetoric that we've been dealing with since forever um and I don't know that it disappears if people keep having kids <laughs> who believe that way and keep teaching their kids those things, you know? Like, how do we stop the next generation? Because there's generation, there's, there's people, I mean, it was just a couple of years ago, people was marching with tiki torches. Yeah. Like, them people probably got kids. They probably do. And guess what? They're not teaching their kids. They're they not marching with us. So that's an excellent point, and it's actually something that I wanted to discuss here anyway, so I'm glad that Let's you brought go. that up. Um, one of my intentional focal points around in the conversations that I'm having with different people, specifically white people, about the movement that's going on right now, because uh, we're in a space right now where you have all of these white people who want to learn, like, how, you know, how can I be better? Um, what can I do? What, so, so a lot of times people are asking, what should I be reading? What should I be watching? How can I get better context? Yes, I will help you with all of those things, but let me tell you this. You need to be talking to your kids. I need you to have these conversations with your children so that they can get those seeds planted early and they can start having an understanding and they can develop a cultural competency for other 
ethnicities, other backgrounds. So like if your child is five, find something that's appropriate for them to help them learn. They just did, CNN just partnered with Sesame Street to do a town hall. I'm going to share this on um, my social media platforms as well because I think it was really, really um, educational and, and very age appropriate and helpful for families to help with the smaller kids. But there's all kinds of stuff out there, all kinds of stuff. But again, I don't want the, I yes, the adults need to focus on the information and you need to learn, but you also need to bring your kids into this because if we're going to make real, lasting, sustainable change and generational change, the kids have to be brought into this because right now we're dealing with white adults who didn't have to learn these things as kids. And that's why they're in, that's why we're in the state that we're in right now. Speaking of things that people are asking if they should, you know, like what, what are some recommendations that they should read? You know, I have a list that I want to share. It's a very short, short list. Please, please share. Um, the book I read most recently on this list is What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker, and that's by Damon Young uh, from Very Smart Brothers. Shout out to Damon. Um, actually had a men's group of entrepreneurs, and we all read this together, and that book is amazing. Um, I tend to start a lot of books and not finish them, but that one was really, really good. And Audible definitely helps. Shout out to Audible. You should be a sponsor of this podcast. Um, next on the list is uh, Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper, and that was a book about black feminism, um, which was really dope for me uh, because I come from a context of living in a house with um, one black woman and two bl young, black young black women on their way to being black women. Um, obviously come from a lineage of black women. And it gave me a lot of context and a lot of um, understanding of the black woman's struggle and how to be a better ally as a black man and how to, to kind of step up um, in that context. And also the majority of the staff at um, Mortar, my nonprofit, is also black women. Um, so I am around a lot of black women all the time, and I want to have a better understanding. Um, so for that same reason, I want to educate myself. Um, also, White Fragility, I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list, um, and I've heard that it's amazing. Don't remember the author, but uh, White Fragility. And the last one is The New Jim Crow um, by Michelle Alexander. Um, and that is also on my Audible, and I'm, I'm about to tap into that one next. Um, but I've, I've read a lot from Michelle, like on New York Times and other places, and um, she was actually in uh, 13th, uh, Ava DuVernay's documentary on Netflix. Um, but, I mean, there's just so many places. So, you know, the other thing that I don't want to do is – um, exert more and more energy giving other people education when the things exist. Um, so, yes, I love that allies want to learn, um, but guess what? I have a whole life that I have to live, and um, I can give you a list of things and resources, but ultimately it's up to you to go and pick them up. Um, and I do give the list of resources because there are some other places where you could kind of go down a rabbit hole and end up on the other end of some other stuff. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem sharing, you know, a list of resources for people to, to participate in and check out. 
Um, also, Just Mercy. Yes, Just Mercy is an incredible film, of course, based off of a book by Brian Stevenson, who yeah. we got to see in February, and it, he was incredible. Um, so yeah, and you're right. We we are tired, just to be honest. And yeah. you know, your black friends are tired. Your black coworkers are tired. And so yeah, you don't. We we're not inclined to want to you know sit and and do additional work <laughs> on top of just the work of being black every day. So. Yeah. A lot of that is out there on the on the internet for free for you. Definitely. And if it's not free, pay for it. Amen. Pay black authors. <laughs> yes. Pay black authors. Hire black photographers. All the things. All of that. Hire black writers. All of that. Everybody black. All of that. Yeah. And it's been really, um, I think, interesting and insightful and what's the other word I'm looking for? Gratifying to be able to just kind of have conversations and share this experience with the girls. They're at an older age now. Yeah. So like if they were younger, you know, if you have, you know, a three year old and a five year old, it's a very different experience than than going through this with a 13 year old and a 15 year old. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really believe they'll look back on this as adults. And when they have kids, if they have kids, if they have grandkids, being able to tell them they marched in peaceful protests. They understood what um, how important it was to say Breonna Taylor's name, um, to understand how these people died and why we have to not only fight for change, but fight for reform and fight for um, laws that are going to hopefully attempt to correct the racial injustice that we've been fighting for so long. So it's cool as parents to be able to um, have those conversations with the girls. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's conversations that aren't necessarily new. Um, I mean, we we've had to have these conversations, you know, over the course of of the time that they've been here. I mean, you know, we talking about Trayvon Martin was killed in 2012, you know, so I'm I'm pretty certain that we had a conversation about Trayvon Martin, you know, when they were younger because we kind of had to. Yeah, I think we did. You know, and, you know, this sharing this understanding that we live in a world where you can die because of what you're wearing and wha- how people feel about you, and it, it's, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Can I live? We can live. We, we live to see another day, and that means we still have purpose. Yeah. Part of our purpose is helping to change, change the game in this social justice landscape. And so, yeah, I feel energized and I feel like uh, we're going to continue to have these opportunities to have and have conversations and to make an impact. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, you are doing some amazing things and, um, you know, the, the work that we get to do each day is not just fulfilling personally, but, you know, we are both doing work that impacts other people. Um, and on your show that, uh, you host on, uh, Saturday afternoons, um, there's, it's, it's focused on business and I love the intro, um, that you did on the show this week. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired that intro? Well, thank you for asking. I can tell you a little bit about what inspired the intro. I'm very proud of the product that we put out, um, this weekend, so the show is called First Financial Bizbeat, presented by The Business Courier. Um, it is, uh, I 
technically host the show for the Business Courier. So um, as Alan mentioned, it is a very business-focused show. It, it, it highlights typically um, business news, financial news, development news, community news. Um, that's pretty much the bulk of the 30-minute show. Um, this week, I, I knew as early as last Monday that I wanted to take a different direction with the show and that I wanted to use my voice to actually speak to a lot of the things that were going on. It, we can't ignore it. But coming from traditional media um, for years, you don't have as much of a say in the final product as you would like to. Mm. That's, I mean, sometimes you do, but in general, you have a lot more hands in the pot. So you have, you know, different eyes that have to look at your story before it goes on air. And, there, and then lots of changes can be made to your story. It could look totally different by the time it airs than yeah. what you put forward. So just a little, a little brief insight into that. So... With this particular show, I have much more agency to, to give my input, not just my experience and expertise, but also my personal, um, my personal reflection. And my, so uh, spe- specifically as it relates to this particular instance mm-hmm. and what we're witnessing right now. So how'd you start off? How did I start the show? Yeah. I introduced. I mean, you, you I want, you want to hit us with the well, intro? Well, I mean, you know, I I'm happy to share. So I. We wanted to start the show with, we started with a soundbite from one of the protests, and I just said, you know, I'm your host, Kyla Woods, and I'm also a black woman, a black wife, a black mother, and a black business owner. And I stand with you, and I stand before you um, in this moment. It's historic, and, um, you know, we, we cannot ignore what's happening right now, and we have to move forward together. But if we're going to create sustainable change, we have to first address the issues that are happening around us. We can't ignore them. Thank you. Oh, that's worth a bell. Yeah, man. Thank that was you. good, man. Thank you very much. I'm proud of you. I appreciate it. I'm proud of myself. And I'm, I'm proud of the courage that it takes to, for one, pitch an idea like that. And um, we can we can get into a deeper conversation at a later point about, you know, your experience in media and, you know, all of those things and, and some of the challenges that you had. But there were a lot of times when you pitched valuable stories or things that were different perspectives and things that were positive or brought light to a certain thing and uh there were times that in the past as you worked for different um you know media outlets those stories were shot down in favor of you know perspectives that leaned in a way that was more soothing to um white people we'll say that um, and less controversial. So we'll, we'll add that. And so I think that it takes a lot of um, courage and, and bravery to even come to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to pitch this idea, even though I know that in the past I've had a history of people who have shied away from wanting to hear um, things like that you know, on air. Um, so shout out to you for, for being brave and, and really... You know, just really speaking from the heart because I think it was necessary and I'm, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I am very proud of, of how it turned out. I'm very proud of the fact that I did use my voice, that I did ask to do something different. Um, and I'm thankful that I had the full support of the, of the team who produces the show. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, thank you. That's dope. Thank you. I'm going to share the video, especially of the intro, and then I did an interview um, as well right after that with the CEO of um, Cincinnati's Urban League. So um, we'll talk to him, Eddie Cohen, as well. It was a really good interview. Yeah. 
So make sure that you are staying tuned to our social media for that. Um, that is Facebook and Instagram at Permanent Plus One. Everything spelled correctly. Um, and while you're there checking out that video, make sure you also give us a follow. Yeah, we're still in 2020. It, it, listen, <laughs> this has Lord been the longest Jesus. six and a half months I've ever witnessed in my life. Yeah, um, I saw a post on Instagram that said that it's possible that Kobe Bryant was the glue that was holding the world together. It's possible. It is totally Because possible. it's been downhill. I mean, Since I just then, don't I mean, know. Twenty twenty, and we were we came into twenty twenty <laughs> so excited, right? So hopeful. Everybody had twenty twenty vision. Everybody <laughs> had twenty twenty vision. Everybody had big plans. This was about to be it. This is the year when I'm going to do all the things. And it has been it. Let me tell you, it has been a ride. We and we're still in a pandemic, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's that, not over. That we, has felt like a back burner. Did we decide that it was over? <laughs> we moved on. I feel like today we just. I, I was at Kroger today, and I was thinking, did we decide the pandemic is over? <laughs> did people just say, you know what, we're done with this? I think we decided that we're gonna probably get killed at, at some point My anyway goodness. by something or someone. So you know. Might as well breathe easy while I can. Goodness. Speaking of breathe easy, um, you know, you we've talked before on the show about your photography. Yeah. And um, you have documented quite a bit of the pro- peaceful protests that we've been attending. All of the protests we went to were peaceful. Yeah. Yes. Uh, g- say it again for the people in the back. Every single protest that we went to, which were multiple, they were all peaceful. Yeah. So spe- So referencing again, you know. Control, Back to the media. Controlled content, you have to keep in mind. That's another thing I emphasized, mm-hmm. you know, during during the show that I host, is that most of the protests have been peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> but you're seeing an overabundance of the non-peaceful side. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Either no, way. but no, that's important because, yeah. I mean, for us, this is our platform, and this is where we get to share what we see, and, you know, we can only control what we share. You know, yeah. and I think that it's important to know that if you are someone who did not go out and participate or go out and see the peaceful protests that took place in your city, and I'm pretty sure that there was something that took place in your city, because as Kyla mentioned, they were all across the world. But if you were somebody who was relying on um, the news to showcase what was taking place in the streets, you might not have seen all of the peaceful protests. You might not have seen people taking a knee and you might not have seen people, you know, doing a silent, you know, like I actually have video of the silent nine minutes that we did on one knee to, you know, pay homage to, um, to, it's so much. I mean, it's just thinking about like, My 43-year-old niece, I was telling somebody, like, you know, I went with one of my mentees, uh, Antonio Wooten Jr., shout out to him. And, you know, I was telling him, I was like, man, I can't, you don't understand how difficult it is to kneel for nine minutes and then to understand that somebody (coughs) 
decided to kneel on George Floyd for nine minutes on his neck. Uh, nine minutes is a lot of time. It's a lot of time. It's so much time. And so, you know, I was out there and I was doing my best to, to kneel for nine minutes and it was hurting so bad. And I just kept thinking this pain is not even close to what he was experiencing. And I was, you know, trying to encourage myself to, to push through it. And um, it was a challenge. And, you know, I busted my pants. You did bust <laughs> your pants. <laughs> Listen, out here. <laughs> out oh in these Lord. streets. Out in these streets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was it's right. just a lot. We can buy more pants. We can. That's the thing. We can buy we more can. pants. You know, you can get up from your from kneeling and, and come home and put a pack of ice on it. Yeah. You com- you're coming home. Yeah. That's what we keep in mind. That's why we keep doing this work every day. Yeah. But in in this journey and, um, you know, in thinking about photography and um, what it has meant to my life in general, like, you know, it's always been a really important part of what I do. It's been an important part of how I tell the stories of people um, and how I help them to share their stories. Um, And I've talked about, you know, starting as a kid and, and, you know, meeting Gordon Parks and at the time, I didn't understand the legacy of Gordon Parks, and I didn't understand why he did what he did, and I didn't understand that it was his version of revolt and his version of, you know, standing up. and And I actually wrote an essay um, that was actually it was called. Um, uh, I'm I'm not okay, and I can't find the right words. And it's an es- it's a photography and uh, I guess words. <laughs> it, it's it's an essay that really just encompasses where I'm at, how I'm feeling, showcasing some of my photography in the process. Um, I, I highlighted one of the entrepreneurs that is a black entrepreneur who had a rock thrown through his ri- his window. And I talked about the LA riots and um, the kind of the, 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 the off limits, you know, nature of black businesses during the LA riots. And if you were a black owned business, you know, you got to pass, you know, and it's like this, this new protest model, like people out here without a plan, man. And, you know, I'm not throwing no rocks through anybody's windows, but I'm 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 throwing rocks, period. Um, through the things that I say, through my actions, through my photography. Um, you know, I am one hundred percent in the fight. Um, and it reminds me of two different Gordon Parks um quotes. And one of them said that um you uh when he saw that you could showcase um, what the world looks like with racism and um, how society is, uh, and I'm butchering this quote, you know, like systemic uh, oppression and lots of other things, you know, when he saw that he could use his camera as a way to combat that, he knew that he needed to be a photographer. Um, And the other quote was him in a conversation with Stokely Carmichael, from the Black Panthers, and he said, you know, on your lap, you have a nine millimeter. 
on my lap, I have a 35 millimeter, and both of these are valuable tools in the revolution. Um, and, you know, I, I just, those are not verbatim. Please don't quote me. <laughs> really close, but not verbatim. Just put your phone down. <laughs> stop trying to Google right, quote. Right. We, we just told you it wasn't the right one. Just, you know what he's mean. You know what he means. He's paraphrasing. Hey, I'm in my feelings He's today. paraphrasing. I know. Stay there, honey. You my, deserve to I'm be in your in feelings. I'm doing my feelings you challenge. Des- <laughs> you deserve to be there. You des- And you stay there as long as you want to stay. <laughs> but um, it, it just, it just really made me want to grab my camera and start really kind of showcasing, you know, what it is that I was seeing. But I also haven't posted any of these pictures um, outside of the ones that I did in the essay because I don't want to cause more harm than doing help. Um, and so I'm being very um, intentional and cautious with how I share with what I share, um, and, you know, I'm taking my time. Like, this is a moment that will live on, and for it to be showcased correctly, I'm taking my time, you know. Um, I have a million pictures to look through and really just, like, you know, edit, and I just want to tell the story accurately, not quickly. And I think that we live in a society where everybody's, you know, jumping to get everything out quickly, and I don't, I'm fine with taking my time and, and doing it correctly and telling the story that I want to tell um, in the time that I want to tell it. So, you know, when those pictures are available, you'll know because they'll be on my Instagram profile. And that is um, at I-T-S-K-E-L-L-I-C-A-M-I-L-L-E. Um, and that's it's uh, Kelly Camille. That's my oldest daughter's name. Um, and I built this business, you know, for her. You know, it's for me, this was my first step of building legacy. And so I wanted to create something that, you know, long after I'm gone, she already has a business that is established in her name. Um, and if that means that she wants to go into photography or filmmaking or whatever, you know, that's dope. And if she doesn't, then she'll own the rights to my photography and be able to, you know, do what she needs to do um, to keep that legacy alive. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's you know, for me, photography has just been a really big part of who I am. And I think that um, it's going to be a big part of our legacy as a family. And so, you know, I'm excited to be behind the camera. Um, I went and, and repurchased the very first camera that I ever had, um, my first film camera, my first real 35 millimeter film camera. Not, I had some other cameras, like some disposables and little, you know, rinky dink cameras. But like the first camera that my parents bought me after I met Gordon Parks, um, it broke and I was gonna try to get it repaired. It was gonna cost over $300 to get repaired. And so I found the same model online and I, I bought it and um, put my lens on there and discovered that I was having some issues with the lens that, you know, has been in my life for almost 30 years or longer. I don't know. And so I actually took it apart today to try to get some, I, I guess it's a common thing for old lenses to get fungus in them. Didn't know that. Um, tried to clean it out and I didn't mess this whole lens up. I pieced it back together. It wasn't working. Um, but I think I'm close to figuring it out. We'll see what happens. I took this whole thing apart. I realized um three quarters of the way through that i took I, I took some parts apart that i didn't need to take apart and those are the parts that are causing me problems now 
So, yeah. Okay. It's going to be great. I think you're going to figure it out. If anybody else, if anybody can figure it out, like I told you earlier, if anyone can figure it out, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone can take something apart and pe- piece it back together. Mm-hmm. You had your little uh, focused light <laughs> on your lens <laughs> and your screws and your screwdriver from your phone. You had a whole little, you had a whole little workshop going on in here. I did. I did. Yeah. Good and job. It's, it's taking me great. all day. Yes, but it has. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But, it's you okay. know, ultimately, if we can get to the point where, you know, it helps us to, you know, put out some some images that matter you know that's that'll be dope yeah. so well i think you're dope i think you're dope your life matters your life matters v- more. very much <laughs> very very much um everybody please get life insurance please get life insurance please get your will together since we're talking about legacies like Ooh. legit and we're talking to ourselves because we're in the price we're, we're we got life insurance next time we talk well we do have, we life have insurance. Yes, we do have life insurance but in our life insurance, you get everything. The next time we talk to you guys, yeah. we will have another update. You know what? I'm going to say this for accountability. Mm-hmm. Next time we do a show, we'll have an update on where we are in our will process, right? Because we're, we're, we're taking the first steps toward that. You get everything. Getting it together. <sighs> you know what? Okay. You say that on here. I'm going to be like. Hey, this your proof. <laughs> I know. That's what he I'm He said playing. I can have everything. Be like, audience. <laughs> yeah, you can have everything. I mean, Play what the I'm, tape. What I'm going to do with it? Play the tape. <laughs> no. Um, but no, these are important. These are important uh, measures to have in place yeah, for your got, family's legacy. We got our life insurance early, like basically almost as soon as we got married. Yeah, we got right. It, right after we got married. Um, yeah. We, I actually, my uh, Nike stock. I got the change. I made sure you were the beneficiary, and I got that sent over recently. Um, I mean, it's just like just a small thing that all adds up, but. It's just making sure, because tomorrow's not promised, man. So you got to do what you got to do to make it easier on the people who are staying behind. Yeah. So. Very real facts. Yeah. And nobody wants to talk about it. No one wants to talk about it. Well, the black community doesn't want to talk about it. White people talk about this stuff all the time. That is true. uh, So if we're going to be 100, which we tend to do on this show, so we want to be really honest, that's how they get set up year after year, generation after generation, because they talk to their kids, you know. Their ten-year-old son Timmy knows all about the <laughs> life insurance. knows all about mm-hmm. knows exactly how much he's getting left back. knows mm-hmm. where he is on the wheel. Grandma, all of that. Grandma Susan left him a hundred thousand yep. so he could start his first business yep. or go to school without debt. Exactly. Or buy his first home and then off off to the races. Yep. Exactly. So we, we have gotta do to better. set our kids up. We yeah, have man. to set them up. We be setting them up. <laughs> We have to set them up for success. So we love you guys and we appreciate you tuning in and joining us. Till the next time. Love each other. <laughs>